0: On Facebook land That's missing today We love you We appreciate you For whatever reason You're out And we're continuing to pray We need to keep praying For some folks Uh, Renita's still in Rehab And uh, For knee surgery I need to clarify And uh, So she's still recovering And being healed And um, So I promise We keep her in prayer And we need to be praying For uh, Geneva's family this week Because Her sister passed away Rick's family this week because he lost his dad so our prayers and sympathies and that go out to all of you and we'll keep praying for him can you say amen and believe in God we need to keep praying for uh, Pastor Michelle and Scott to everyone who's not here today we love you we miss you but we're grateful for those of you that are amen I don't don't y'all get quiet now I know it's cold and I know uh, all of those things but don't don't let all the shouting up to one or two but God is good is he not amen when we sing of the goodness of god amen if you can just reflect back over all that he has done and what he has done uh, i'll tell you uh take some inventory we might talk about that a little bit today take some inventory of what god has done sometimes we tend to forget of all the things that he's done and what he's brought us through. Amen. Sometimes we need to just keep our, our church keeps a record when God performs miracles. We have a big old binder that we keep in the office. Every time there's a healing, a miracle, a deliverance, or someone on TV emails in about that they got ministered to or healed through the camera. Amen. Or online. We, we keep a record so that when we get in the dry times. When I when I, when I get in the dry times, I can look back over that and say, "Look what God has done." Every time we our back was against a wall and we weren't sure how it might turn out, Sister Ramona, it's a good way for me to reflect back and say, "If God did it, then." surely he can do it now are you hearing what i'm saying all the times that we we wondered god we, 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 how is this going to turn out or we, we, god that when it looks like there isn't enough and how god turned around that when there wasn't enough he made it more than enough we've been able to see and so there's a great big old binder we keep and there is healings deaf ears being healed and uh, cancer being dissolved and and people's eyesight being regained i'm telling you the truth Be- deaf ears that have heard amen people that have gotten set free from addiction just by hearing the word of the Lord. Amen. People who drove by the house of the Lord while the word of the Lord was going forth and got set free from heroin. Amen. That was out on route 40, glory to God. And, and so on and on and on, we could go on. I, I'll have to bring that big binder out one Sunday and let you just see and start flipping through all the goodness of our God. Are you with me today? That, that he is good. Some of you need to do that. Start keeping track and writing it down because the enemy wants you to forget about what God has done. He wants Wants you to have short and term memory, amen, of, of all the things that God has done and how he has moved in your life and, and and the miracles he's bestowed. And and so when we get ourselves in trouble or our back gets up against the wall, he wants you and I to think that God won't do it, that, that he can't do it, that there's some reason for it. But you and I need to keep a record and keep mem- a, a, a remembrance of all the things that God has done. And I'm telling you, it'll help to build your faith. It builds mine every time I get weary or tired or feel like i might faint I'll leaf through that binder and say look what the Lord did here amen look what he did here look how he ministered to this person over here look how he healed someone over there and he's done it over and over and over again the goodness of our God amen hallelujah he'll do it again praise God yes he will yes he will hallelujah I want to I think share a word today out of the book of Mark I know it's Thanksgiving week but I don't ever really do anything traditional can we just go where he's leading today I already I feel him leading us in this vein of where I thought I was going to go and sure enough that's where we're going to go Mark chapter 8 is where we're going to go if you have your Bibles you can turn with us we're going to read just a couple portions of scripture hallelujah hallelujah Mark chapter 8 we're going to start around verse 14. Praise your Lord. Thank you. Mark chapter eighteen. Or I was getting ahead of myself. Thank you for the correction. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I said Mark chapter eight. Verse 14. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Lord. For your word. Jesus. Can we just pray right now before we read this word? That's why I had her turn that on. (sighs) Father, speak mighty God as only you can I thank you that your word declares that it is your anointing that destroys every yoke release your anointing over this place over each one in this place over people watching online minister and open our minds and our hearts to receive what you have in this moment that, Lord, we do not forget that we do not forget come against every hindrance of the enemy that would try to stop or disrupt, oh God, what you would want to speak and do in this place, have your way. You have liberty and freedom. We surrender our plans, our agendas to you, and we just say, mighty God, have your way. Holy Spirit, reign and rule in this place. Speak clearly and speak loudly today to our hearts and our lives. Help us in the mighty and powerful name, above every name, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Mark chapter eight, look at verse 14. It says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. Pay attention there. Now the disciples had forgotten to take the bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why do you reason? Because you have no bread? Perceive you not? Neither understand? Have your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, have you not seen and having ears? Have you not heard and do you not remember? He's saying, do you not have eyes? Have you not seen? Do you not have ears? Have you not heard? And do you, do you not remember? Have you forgotten? Look at verse 19. He says, when I broke the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they answered him and said, 12. And when the seven among 4,000, when the seven loaves among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you pick up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? In other words, how is it that you have forgotten? In verse 22, and he comes to Bethsaida and they bring a blind man unto him and sought him. Jesus to touch him. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're going to stop right there and we'll fill in all the rest of the gaps. Hallelujah. This word was speaking to my heart this week and I pray it will speak to you. How many know that oftentimes we can leave behind or we forget the things that are left? How many have lost a lot of things in life? Amen. Sometimes we'll we'll lose some things and oftentimes we, we, we focus on what has left our life and not what we still have possession of in our life. If you've ever lost a lot of money, you'll focus on the amount that you've lost. Glory to God. I know somebody told me recently, Master, my retirement account, when the stock market dropped, it really plummeted. You'll focus on everything that you lost instead of what you got left. But it's hard not to acknowledge what you have lost. Amen. But this is a particular portion of scripture that I want you to really hear the words of Jesus and what he was saying to the disciples. And it's, it's really powerful. Uh, I've done lots of preaching on the feeding of the 5,000 and, and the feeding of the 4,000. And I've preached a message every which way there is to preach. And then when we come in after that and we begin to see this interaction, this rebuke from Jesus to his disciples about what it is they'd forgotten that they have witnessed so much. They have walked with him so much, and yet it's as if they've forgotten. He says, have you forgotten? Do you not remember what we've just been through? Do you not remember that I, I didn't provide for you just what you needed, but I provided for you more than what you needed. Amen. So much that he has them recount what was left so much of what they recounted even and let me just take you back for a moment and remind you that after he fed the 5000 and they and they and they got done feeding them and the crowd left the bible says earlier in 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 this chat, earlier in this book it says that after the crowd had left the disciples went around and gathered up all the fragments and the leftovers so much that that's where we get the 12 baskets that we're referring to in our text and they 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 picked them up with their own hands, loaded them into 12 baskets and put them in a boat and headed across the water. Yet when they started encountering a challenging time, they started crying out for Jesus. And even then they neglected to recognize the scraps that were in the boat, that look what Jesus had just done for them. And yet here they are carrying in their very boat, all the scraps from the last miracle. And yet they were consumed with fear. They had already forgotten. And so here they are yet again in another situation. And Jesus has just about had it. Have you ever just about had it with somebody? Oh, come on. (laughs) Sometimes we'll say to people, if you if you don't stop, I'm going to lose my mind. You make me want to scream. I believe this is one of those moments where Jesus was like, are you for real right now? How how long have you been with me? They've been with him now three years watching and witnessing miracles. And here they are. All they have in this encounter, in this next journey is one loaf of bread. That's it. They've been through the feeding of the 5,000. They've been through the feeding of the 4,000. All together had what? 18, 19 baskets of scraps left. And all they thought to bring with them was one measly loaf. Oh, Hallelujah. Sounds about like Lois. Hallelujah, doesn't it? Hallelujah. We love Lois, but amen. It sounds like it'd be something she'd forget. Hallelujah. She'll drive all the way to the bank and forget. She's going to the bank to make the church deposits and forget the deposits. Hallelujah, right? Jesus would be like, do you not remember what your job is? Do you not remember? I don't pretend like you've not forgotten it too. I've gone to Walmart and forgotten while I went. Or picked up the phone to call someone and forgotten while I was doing it, right? I can't be the only one here's the disciples they're on a journey and if you've ever prepared to go on a journey go somewhere before you leave the house you make sure you got your keys your phone hallelujah you got to have the phone and everything else that you're going to need for the day here they are headed on a journey and they didn't think to bring with them any more food or any of the scraps from all the miracles they'd just been through and so Jesus is is a little perturbed with them he's a little frustrated with them hallelujah I I, want to show you something though before we dive too deep in this it's the same Greek word that, is, that, is, that we see in, the, in Scripture that, are, that is used for miracles is also translated signs, all right? This is important because miracles and signs were done all throughout Scripture that you and I might believe miracles and signs are you hearing me were done all throughout scripture so that you and I might believe that's the reason for them they, they they were not done just to bedazzle you and I I know when God starts healing and a miracle happens you know lots of people get all excited and and get bedazzled sort of by it. like oh isn't that neat you know and we'll share it all over Facebook and all of those things but see that's just normal way of Christian living it shouldn't be once in a blue moon sort of thing miracles and signs should be a part of our everyday life are you hearing what I'm saying? And so Jesus was trying to get them to understand, hey, have you forgotten already what it is that that you've witnessed? How how is it that you've forgotten the miracles that you've just seen performed so much that you don't even carry them with you? Remember I was saying earlier how we need to keep a record of all the things that God has done? Think think back to one one of the most powerful ones that we could think in scripture when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead jesus raised lazarus from the dead that they might believe that's the reason that, that he did it so that they might believe he didn't jesus didn't lay, raise lazarus from the dead because he was worried at all about death you need to understand jesus was powerful enough that jesus could have fought a thought and lazarus would have come back to life are you here am i preaching only myself today jesus could have just thought a thought and he would have rose up are you hearing but gee, the words of jesus said lord i'm going to say this out loud so that they might believe he said in other words i'm going to pray out loud to you i know I, I know that you are god and i know who i am and i know i could just think him to come back to life and he will come to life but for the benefit of those that are here he says i'm going to say it out loud that the lazarus come forth and when when Jesus speaks those words Lazarus and he calls upon Lazarus name Lazarus begins to move and jumps up are you hearing what I'm saying the purpose of that was so that he would so that the people around him would believe because the God that we serve he is the Lord of death he he takes the sting out of death you understand and the victory even out of the grave he he robs death of its power and renders death even helpless that's what the Bible says He wasn't worried about death. He needed somebody. He needs somebody to authenticate the light of who Jesus really was. That's what he needed. And so Jesus says to them, roll the stone away. He he Jesus was doing a lot of dramatics but he was doing it doing all of this in such a dramatic way that because he wanted the people to be able to see it and be able to believe it he he he, he even though he could have just thought him awake even though he could have just made made a simple thought and it all would have happened he look at all the links that he goes to and so for the benefit of those that were there he says I'm going to call Lazarus forth and he says Lazarus come forth and Lazarus begins to move see uh, I go there because you and I often, often think that we, we might think that, that we have a big problem. I don't know about anybody else, but we often go through times and seasons where we think that we're facing a big problem. But you and I need to reflect back to even just that story and know that God has a word for you and I today that you don't need but just one word from Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That 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 story about Lazarus is one story one story of many, are you hearing me, that you don't need any great mighty other thing to happen you just need one word from Jesus that's what that text proves to me is that I I I don't need to have 15 16 hands laid on me and walk through a prayer tunnel and be greased like a pig and go through 7 to 14 days of prayer and intercession always for a miracle sometimes all that I really need is just one word from Jesus are you hearing what I'm saying I heard somebody say amen hallelujah just one word. That's what Jesus was proving to them so that they might believe Lazarus come forth. I know that's not part of our text. We'll get back to the text in a moment after these brief messages. All right. I'm going to take you on a journey. The purpose of the miracles and signs throughout the Word of God, still the purpose today of miracles and signs, and I know they're not popular, and I know a lot of churches think that that's that's crazy, and it's not for today. Well, the devil is a liar. I'm here to tell you that the purpose of miracles and signs is for them to believe. The reason the church has to continue to still operate in signs and wonders and miracles is that so, yes, the church can believe, because I know there's a belief problem in the body of Christ, but so the unchurched can believe. Are you hearing what? I'm saying. That's why we need to still pray that deaf ears would open and blind eyes would see and that those that can't walk will walk. Is anybody hearing me today? That's why we need to still pray that every addict that walks up and down these streets gets delivered. Amen. That's why we still need to pray that every heathen that we know and in our family, when they sit down at Thanksgiving dinner, that the power and glory, I know I'm preaching better than you're shouting, that the power and glory of God that rests on us will quicken their heart, cause them to be convicted of their sin and repent at Thanksgiving dinner. Somebody better say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Miracles and signs and wonders. Oh yeah. It's for us and them to believe. That's the purpose. And he's not done yet. Would you say that out loud? Say he's not done yet. No, he's not done yet. I'm here to tell everybody he's not done yet. God began to speak to me. The reason I'm bringing you this word as God started speaking to me, I was praying and crying and complaining because things look a little different around here. It's been a difficult and challenging season in my life. I've been open on the recent podcast. I even was pretty open about that and what I've been dealing with and going through and I was kind of wailing and crying out to God and having a pity party and then god reminded me adam you can be pitiful or you can be powerful but adam you can't be both are you hearing me? There are A lot of us, we sometimes often try to be pitiful and powerful, and God needs you and I to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. You can be pitiful or powerful, but you cannot be both. You and I need to lay down what it is being pitiful and say, no, I am powerful. I'm going to walk in the power of Almighty God. Amen. Because he said in his word that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you and I can ever think or ask according to the Power that works in us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's why I know that I'm powerful. There's power in me. Moms might have to play the piano and sing. There's power, power, wonder, working power. In the blood. I know that's not another popular topic in the church anymore. We don't want to talk about it, but there's still power in the blood. There is power in the blood. And you and I are packing power. You need to stand up to every devil that is challenging you right now and remind that devil that you are packing power. You you are a weapon of mass destruction all by yourself. When you and I come together in the body of Christ, that's when miracles and signs should happen. I'm telling you that that I sensed the glory of God earlier when we were singing there in worship a little bit, so much so that you could have asked anything and it would have been done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you and I are little weapons of mass destruction. I don't even want to say little. We are weapons of mass destruction. You are packing power that when and wherever we go, miracles and signs and wonders should happen. That's why I can go to Walmart and pray for somebody and God will move. That's why I can do it in Target, even Target. Yes. Hallelujah. Shop and save. St. Vincent de Paul on the street corner. Hallelujah. And he will move. Why? Because I'm just a power source. I'm connected to the power source. Hallelujah. Before church, we were running the vacuum, cleaning up the mess from the meeting last night a little bit. But that vacuum doesn't work unless you plug it into the power. 'Cause it ain't one of those fancy schmancy cordless ones that y'all got, you know. We we don't have one of those, you know, Uber little vacuums around here, although we probably should. It's one of those old fashioned you gotta plug it into the outlet. And it only works you, you can you can you can move it around. Lois has done that a time or two. You see you're running the vacuum, but it ain't running. Cause she didn't plug it in. Do you know how many in the church we show up and we're like this and we're trying to pray and we go through the motions and the routine, but we're not plugged into the power source. And then when you get in trouble, you're like, God, where where, where are you at? And God said, well, you ain't plugged in. You're a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. That's what we are. Oh, come on. I know This, this message isn't that hard. You and I need to be plugged into the power source. Get plugged in to the power source. I'm telling you now more than ever, we need to be plugged in to the power source. Hallelujah. If if you want to know what it feels like, come here, I'll help you get plugged in. But I promise you, it will ignite a fire in you. Hallelujah. They even posted on social media that that, that they may be cold outside, but the fire of God is falling in here. It's going to fall in here if you will be plugged into the power source. Oh, hallelujah fire of God, fall on us, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Glory to God. So that you and I can believe. Think about all the, the powerful miracles that he performed from blind Bartimaeus to turning water into wine. And yet, even by by healing the blind and turning water into wine, oh yes, Jesus did that, even some still didn't believe. That's why some of you need to not be shocked that some people don't necessarily believe in you and I. They didn't believe in Jesus either. They didn't believe in John the Baptist. John the Baptist led a, a, a life with great limitation. He didn't live by all the worldly things that you and I did, and still people didn't believe. And then you have Jesus who came to the earth and ate and drank and even became merry and people still didn't believe him. Are you hearing me? That, that even, even people found fault in him and they called Jesus even a wine bibber? the Bible says. Because people will always find a reason not to believe in you. Oh, come on. Some of our family will find a reason not to believe in you and talk about you. Some of your neighbors will find a reason not to believe in you and talk about some of even your church. People will find a reason not to believe in you and talk about you. Oh, hallelujah. So don't matter what you do. Sometimes some people just will not believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No matter what you do. Some people just won't believe. But you got to be careful not to let what people say or think about you change who you are. Because what we're guilty of so often is trying to change and become what people think about us or how they say that we should be or how they say we should react and respond. Are you hearing me? And we start changing it before you know you can change all you want. They still, still won't accept you and they still won't believe you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, gotta, you, you need to be concerned with an audience of one and that is it an audience of one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not here to make anybody happy. We're not here to make uh, draw a big crowd. We're not here to have uh, the biggest friends list on Facebook or more followers than anyone else on on Instagram or any of those things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're here for an audience of one. Don't worry about how many people are going to like your post. Don't worry about how many friends you have to go to dinner with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're, We're following for an audience of one and that is all. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So in the text, Jesus had performed miracles, many miracles, and the text that we read is Jesus doing an accounting of those miracles. See why I said to you, we need to keep a record. The reason our church keeps a record of all the great and many things that God does every time he gave us a building. Because when I started thinking, God, I don't know how you're gonna get me out of this. He said, well, don't you remember I didn't give you one, but two. Three buildings. He said, what did I give you? Four, five, six, seven buildings? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when we ever have a worry about God, are you going to be able to pay this bill? He said, Adam, didn't we, didn't I, didn't I give you? I gave you one church, and then you outgrew that. Then I moved you to Uniontown, and it gave you that one. You didn't pay a dime for it. Then, then, then when when that wasn't enough, he said, we gave you an elementary school building for y'all to use for the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so just when you think God is small, he said, and just when I take you from from being a church that was this big and you could barely afford to pay super eight to have services when we started eleven years ago that room was no bigger than this platform and I think we had 18 people scrunched in that little room like this and they were trying to praise and worship and Cindy reminded me this morning that when we were up there when we were up there I mean literally it was me on a keyboard about this big because I couldn't afford nothing else had keyboards and said we planted all kind of churches but you know sometimes you just go broke and so that's all I could afford and God knew that we were this was planted completely from scratch God God just spoke we did it we had a little rent to rent to own overhead projector with the flimsy transparencies we were thrown up on a yellow wall that they had in that goofy conference room and yet we were we just singing and praising God and when we couldn't fit in there anymore some guy said to be he said uh, he said well I, I got a building he said it might not be what you want he said it's a bar. But he said, I, I bought it for tax. He says, so you can use it. You, in fact, you can have it. And so we went in there, took the beer signs off, painted everything, got rid of the cigarette smoke, anointed and prayed over that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God began to use that building that used to destroy lives to change lives. We stood there and stayed there for as long as we can until God began to open other doors. And while we were there, God gave, I know some of you know this already, but while we I'm building your faith. While we were there, somebody called and says, hey, I saw you were trying to buy a school. We got outbid. We we were trying to buy a school and God never spoke to buy a school, but we we, we were getting a head of God. And so we lost that on the bid by $5,000. So we got done. Our name ended up in the paper and they said, fresh fire church tried to bid against it on this school. And the guy said, well, I own a school. He said, and I don't have use for it for what I was going to do. He said, so let me, if you want it, you can, he said, first, he said, you know, how about a hundred thousand dollars? And I said, well, let me talk to leadership go to leadership. And the next day he didn't hear anything. He calls me. We hadn't even made any decision. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, just don't worry about the hundred thousand. He said, if, if you want it, I'll just give it to you. He said, I'll give you that. The doctor's office next door and the 10 acres that are attached to it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Because that's the God that we serve. So just when we were getting ready to move from that little building into the school, Then somebody got another phone call and they said, hey, I I know you're all doing a lot and God's trying to use your church and you're planting the Dream Center and you're doing all these things. I I was wondering if uh, we're kind of getting rid of and closing up shop down here in Uniontown, but I wondered if you'd have any use for the church building. I said, well, and I don't know, not really. I said, we got more buildings than we know what to do with at the moment. But let me get me back to you and I'll see. So I went in Sunday morning, cast the vision to the church. I said, what do you all want to do? I said, we can either move into that, that, that major building out there that was bigger than what we will ever need. Or we can move into Uniontown. But I said, if we're going to move into Uniontown, we need to take Uniontown by force for Jesus. And it was unanimous. Everyone was like, yo, we're going. So God gave us in this building and we didn't pay a dime. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll total then, but just up to that point, I think the total real estate, Lois would have to help me, but it was like $2.4 million in real estate. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, I watch this. Then we're here. We start, we, we're here. Then COVID 19 hits. Governor shuts us down, and I'm like, God, we got all these buildings, and we can't have church to pay the bills. We were still live streaming, me and the cameraman. And I think maybe Brandon came in a time or two We did we, with what we were allowed to do. And then finally the governor said, nope, you can have church. So we came back. But all of the time, we kept having church and taking up offerings online. And God was being faithful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then we thought, well, what are we going to do? We were doing food distributions once a month out there. And we saw the need. People were struggling. And we said, what is our church going to do? And that's when we started feeding the community, giving out food. And we didn't just go from once a month, we started doing it weekly. We went from feeding like, what was it, 400 people week every week then it was like, it wasn't enough. We were running out of food. We couldn't get enough trucks here because we weren't able to have church. We cleared out every chair here, all the equipment. We had food, st- we got the pictures on Facebook. Food was stacked up to here. We had different stations all around, tape all over the floor. This became, a- Channel 4 came and said, look, this church turned their sanctuary into a warehouse to be able to meet the needs of the kids. Somebody hearing what I'm saying because a people without a vision will perish. And so we started feeding everybody weekly. And we were doing everything we can, and we kept running out of food, running out of food. Then uh, we we contacted, we got the resources, and we started increasing our numbers. Now, what do we serve uh, on Sunday? We serve 1,200 families this past Thursday and over 3,300 individuals. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Right here from this place, not once a month, but now twice a month. All total, just this year, you and I have fed over 77,000 people right here out of this place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That we make a difference in our city, that people rely on, that people come through our line with tears down their face and don't know how they're going to feed their families, and yeah, there might be drug addiction, there might be issue, but keep your mouth shut and feed those who are hungry. Le- judge not, lest you be judged. Hallelujah. Community organizations come and pick up and deliver to those who can't get out, who can't drive. Are you hearing so everybody that says all those cars are real nice in that line? Yeah, it's because they're working with us. They partnered with us and they're taking to food to people who can't, who don't own a car. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it's bigger than you and I. God had a plan when you when 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 someone called and said, do you have a need for a church in Uniontown? We didn't know what God had planned, but God said, I have a plan. That's what he said. God had a plan. You need to keep a record of the things that God is doing in your life. I'm telling you. And so we come into Uniontown. God gives us this, and we're doing outreach and doing outreach and doing outreach and doing outreach. Then we start enormous closet, the clothing bank, and my God, my God, they served 134 people of enormous closet, giving clothes and food. Are you here starting to hear what I'm saying? providing a house where dishes and pots and pans and diapers and whatever thing that we might have that they might have or somebody here 134 people and so So while we're doing all of that church behind us says god's called us out of the area we're moving to another building we got to get out of the east end where do you want our church i said i don't need another church we, I plant churches and move on. I, I, I don't need buildings to have buildings. And... Talked it over with Pastor Donnie. Talked it over with the leadership. And he said to me, he said, you just make an offer. And so they said, you want to come for a tour? I said, sure. So the church right behind us, we went on that tour. Me and a couple of the leaders, Pastor Donnie. I think mom was in there, Lois. We went through, looked at the church. And I said, God, God, what are we, we going to do with this? And they walked us out of the church and over into the little house. I said, God, what are we going to do with the house? With a cute little fenced-in yard for little Toto too. And three big parking lots back there. God, what are we going to do with this? And they said, well, that house across the street, that, that big white house, well, that goes too. Oh, and if you want the van, you can have the van. And all the TV and the, the big screen, all of that stays. All of our electronic stuff, all of that stays. The rest of the furniture, it all stays too. I said, make an offer. So we came. I said, God, up to this point, you've given everything. I said, but God, if you want this, tell me how to do it. Tell me how to go about it. And that following Sunday, we came into church, and I said. To the church and to everybody online, everybody who follows us, I said, I need 100 people to give $1,000, and if 100 people give $1,000 right now, we're going to buy all of the properties behind us, all of the empty lots, all of the parking lots, stand with us, and one by one people started giving. Because God said he will give back to you, and I pressed down, shaking together, and running over because of what we have given to our community. Are you hearing me? See, we've everything behind it, turned it into all the outreach. Uh, That's where Norma's Closet is. That's where more outreach is going. That's where uh, Dream Center stuff's about to take place because we are not even close to being ready out of the school. All kinds of outreach, life stabilization, life transformation, counseling, are you hearing me, deliverance, all the things that need to happen in our city are going to happen out of this place. How? How? Because I remembered what he had done before this point. It enabled me to have the faith to believe God for 100 people to give a thousand to make it happen to say God show up and show off as only you can but it required me to think back on God if you want me to have this you gave that God, when we needed a a big school bus you gave a school bus and now we don't have just a big school bus now we got a a, a church fan more than enough. We got more keyboards and instruments than we know what to do with more sound systems up there than we know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he's a God of more than enough. God of more than enough. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? Jesus was doing an accounting in this text, an accounting in this text of those miracles. He, he said to the disciples, don't you remember? Church, you and I need to remember, don't you remember how I took a few fish and a few loaves of bread and fed 5,000 people when he was preaching in the wilderness and there were 5,000 men plus women and children, the Bible tell us. The disciples came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, Lord, you preach so long, you're so long-winded that the people are going to faint for lack of food, I know you all know about a long-winded preacher, and sometimes we get close to the Steeler game kickoff, and you all like, oh, come on, come on, come on. But what you really need to know is what it is to experience the glory and power of God to, where to the point you don't care about that Steeler game or how long you waited in park or Red Lobster or anywhere else. I know what it is to be in church three and four hours on Sunday morning, leave, get lunch, go back, have another three, four-hour service on Sunday night, and then do it again on midweek. Most of the churches today wouldn't know what hit them. We'd take a break at Shoney's in between, my line mom. And then we drove an hour to church to Clarksburg, West Virginia i drive back to Friendsville, Maryland, in between services, drive back to Bridgeport, West Virginia, have church for three, four hours, get out of there, go to Shoney's again because, you know, we's hungry. And that's what Pentecostals do. And so we'd go at Shoney's. I'd eat the salad bar with cheese, bacon bits and French dressing. That's all I ate. Shredded cheese, bacon bits and French dressing. That's what, the truth. I can tell you still to this day, that's what I ate as a kid. I lived on Sundays on that. And then we'd leave, drive home. And yes, I had to get up on Monday morning and go to get my butt ready for school hallelujah but we were seeking after the glory and the power of god are you hearing something today hallelujah so jesus was preaching long and the disciples said hey jesus you've preached so long the people have become faint for hunger and the disciples said why don't we just send them away send them away they're hungry let them go home and eat and jesus says to them in the bible he says they need not depart now watch this It would have been real simple for Jesus just to pray and give a closing prayer and say, you're dismissed. Because what's interesting about the text is when Jesus says they need not depart, it would make you, and I think, that Jesus is going to preach some more. How many of you know, I'll I'll say, I'm preparing to close, and 25 minutes later, I'll close. Jesus could have simply said, we're going to close in prayer right now, and you all can go home. But Jesus said they need not depart, which leads me to believe he's about to do something and he's going to still preach. But guess what? Jesus does not keep on preaching. Instead, he performs the miracle, multiplying the fish and the loaves, sets the groups of 5,000 plus women and children into groups of fifty takes the bread and the fish and the Bible says he blesses it and he breaks it. And it's in the breaking that we lose count how it begins to multiply or somebody hearing me. That's why you don't go, don't get discouraged and upset when God starts taking you through things that start breaking you because it is the breaking of life that produces the blessings of life. Thank you, Lord. And so he puts them in groups of 50. They begin to sit down and eat. And then when they're done eating, he dismisses them to go home. What was the point of keeping them and saying they need not depart just to feed them? They could have went home and ate. Right? What was the point? I believe the point, one of the points, is right here in the chapter that we're reading when Jesus does this miracle for the benefit of the disciples and they've forgotten it. He says, do you not remember? Do you not remember the count of leftovers we had? Are you starting to see where I'm going? Church, have we forgotten all that God has done? I mean, I know that that, that, that we're in Thanksgiving week and we're to assemble around our tables and give God thanks. But often some of the testimonies we give in church are dry and stale. When Ramona gave the testimony last week about how God covered her and protected her come on somebody uh, 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 while, while people were shooting up her street and blowing up houses with their where their guns and bullet holes in the front of her door and all those things we should have been shouting on our feet that God protected her and watched out for her are you starting to hear me but we don't get awed and amazed anymore about the goodness of God about the protection of God when when blinded eyes get open when we see crippled people begin to walk when we see our faith going to work and God beginning to answer prayer on every name that's on that wall of prayer that's gotten saved or set free or delivered to every answer prayer that's on that wall of prayer are you hearing what I'm saying we need to have a record of what he's done and here they are just getting through the feeding of the 5,000 but also the feeding of the 4,000 watch this the feeding of the the next feeding of the multitude was 4,000 and the Bible says they used more bread for less people. More bread for left, less people. Oh, Lord. And you would think they'd have more leftovers. But the Bible says when, the, when he fed the 4,000, there was only seven baskets from seven loaves of leftovers. When he fed the 5,000, there were 12 baskets. Find that interesting, don't you? More bread, less leftovers. You need to understand God is not concerned with the head count of how many people are present when He moves. What God is concerned with is the hunger count. The appetite of the 4,000 was greater than the appetite of the 5,000. Are somebody hearing what I'm saying? In other words, it, it is about how hungry you are that determines how much he blesses and how much he moves. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It is not a head count, it is a hunger count in this place. God is not interested in how many of you and I are here today. God is not interested in how many people had to miss today and watch online. God's not interested in how many people have COVID-19 or anything. God says, I'm looking at how many people come hungry. It's about a hunger count. It's about how much you and I put a demand on him and say, God, I'm hungry. That's why the word of God, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake, they shall be filled. How hungry are you? Or is this just your Sunday morning routine? You know how guilty we are? We just come in and we'll just give God a cute praise. We're just like oh yeah. We'll give God just a little praise. And some of us can't even do that. We're just not even like, we we can't even do that. Could could, could you say, I ain't got no rhythm? Because the reason is, is because you forgot to remember all the things that God has done. The reason sometimes I lose my mind and sob like a baby and I got snot and tears coming down my face in the middle of worship, it's because only I know what God has brought me from. Only I know what it is to think I'm going to die from all my cardiac issues and get life in the air and and the church praying and crying out to God. And I'm I'm never going to make it through the night only to get dismissed from the hospital the next day and say, there ain't nothing wrong with you. You had a heart attack, but you, you will live. You, you live. We don't know what happened. You you shouldn't be this alert. You shouldn't be this good. But God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Only I know about those things. Only I know what it is to be told. You're probably never going to walk again if we do this surgery. You're, when you came into surgery, your spine was in two pieces. We wiggled it like this, Pastor Adam. So how are you walking? I don't know, but it must be for the goodness of the Lord. I still have the CT scans and the, and the x-rays that show my spine in two pieces. And it, we're literally like this and disconnected. Literally, and yet I walked into surgery that day. How? Because of the goodness of our God. Somebody better hear what I'm saying to you. I have a memory of that kind of thing. And so when I praise God wildly and loudly, when I can't help but have snot and tears, it's because I didn't forget. It's because I'm not like the disciples who didn't remember the bread. The disciples had forgotten all about the leftovers. I was cooking one day just the other week, and, 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 and I'm one of those that I tend to cook more than what I need. But then I never feel like eating what I got left. You know, it's challenging to cook for one. It's, so I'm cooking, and the Lord said, reminded me of this text. He said, don't forget the leftovers. I thought, oh, God, you're going to turn this into a message. How we forget what's left how we forget what's left. That's what Jesus rebuked them for. He said, do you not remember? Do you not remember the miracle that you wit- witnessed, let alone the miracle that you touched with your own hands? These disciples were the ones that gathered up the fragments of fish and loaves from the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. They loaded it into a boat or journeying across the water. They didn't just mingle with Jesus, they handled the miracle with their hands. These are the same men who took the boys. They stole a boy's lunch. Call the popo. Cuz they feed the boys lunch of a couple fish and loaves of bread and Jesus blessed it and he broke it. They handled it with their own hands and then they picked up the scraps from just a little lunch bucket. From a little Smurf lunch bucket that Jesus blessed and broke. <laughs> Smurfs was what I grew up with. All right. I know some people that are like, what's a Smurf? Well, they're of the devil. But I watched them when I was like six. I don't even know what it is now. Jimmy Neutron. I, what's I even know? That's my son watched that. I don't know. Well, I'm old. All right, I am, I am pressing 50, y'all. Hallelujah. Jimmy Neutron, I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, Jesus blessed and broke the lunchbox. The disciples held the miracle. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying that they held the miracle in their hand. Some of you have held a miracle in your hand. And then when when the enemy brings something into your life and you're thinking, how am I going to get out? You, you forgot about the miracle you possessed in your hand. The enemy is good at trying to make you and I focus on what it is that we don't have. And Jesus was, Jesus is is, is saying to them, do you not remember is literally all that you have with you is really literally all that you have left is one loaf out of 19 baskets of leftovers. That's all you got. What am I saying? When you and I give God a a testimony, the Bible says that you and I overcome in the book of revelation by the word, by, by, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, there's blood again. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This is why you and I need to always be ready to give a testimony. Have an account of what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. Look, look, The reason we keep a five inch ring binder of miracles and deliverances and healings and people getting set free of all kinds of things and marriages that have gotten restored and people have gotten healed through a camera and through TV and all of this stuff. The reason is so that we can say, look what the Lord has done that, that is, that is our baskets. We come into the house of God with a barely hallelujah and a barely praise the Lord. And God's saying, is that really all you brought me? Is that really all the worship you can bring me? Is that really all the bread that you've been able to accumulate when I've given you baskets of miracles? Jesus was ticked. He rebuked the disciples. I did say ticked, y'all. He's back here. I said it. He was ticked off. I get ticked off sometimes when when I see how God has done things and is doing things and moving and all the miraculous things that God is doing and then we show up with a loaf. I've been in churches. I'll never forget the night we prayed for a woman in the wheelchair. Her, Her leg grows. She gets up out of the wheelchair and begins to walk while I'm preaching in West Virginia and I mean the church was sort of like... We were down preaching. I took a team of us down, and I was preaching in McCool, Maryland, next to Kaiser, West Virginia. Oh, hallelujah. We prayed for that, that boy with the goiter. Lois, you were with us. And it was just, I was up there preaching, and the Lord said, I'm going to move in miracles now. I just stopped preaching. Started moving, and before you know it, people started calling somebody, and, and, and the pastor's wife's dad was really ill. And he couldn't make it in the church, but they drove him up as close as they could get into the window. And while I'm laying hands, praying for this boy's quarter, and I said, dry up and die in the name of Jesus. And while I had my hand on I could feel it shrinking. And I said, Travis, I said, do you feel that? And he said, I feel that. He began to weep. Out of Wesleyan Church, y'all. I said, do you feel that begin to dry up? And he said, yeah, I feel that. He started weeping and crying. That place was just sort of like... That, that, that place hadn't seen a miracle. Hadn't seen a miracle. And yet they were half... Heart of praising God. So I said, if you all don't want to praise God, I'm going to take what God's doing in here, out there. And so we went out to the car and started praying for the pastor's wife's father. Started praying for him. They were at the windows like this. I'm not kidding you. Watching what God was doing instead of being a part of what God was doing. I come back in there I mean the fire and power of God's all over me pastor uh, Michelle and everybody's with me we're laying hands and people were praying in the spirit and they had never witnessed anything like it before and I could see there was one man in the back that didn't like it at all and I thought this is my last time here so God make it good God show up and show off because they ain't never gone you know I haven't been back oh glory hallelujah it was too much but I can tell you this Talking with the pastor, that when things get tough, they'll remember back. He said, "Pastor, do you remember that night that he got healed? Do you remember that night that that preacher was here and they were out in the parking lot praying? And you said the anointing or the glory was here. That, that's how they will talk. The anointing or the glory was here. I want that, but what they don't want to give." is what is required. What is required is sacrifice. I wanted to take the time to give you four different points, but I'm gonna forgo it. The miracle of the 5,000 never would have happened had the boy not have sacrificed his lunch. In fact, you will never find a miracle that Jesus performed that involved multiplication where there was not sacrifice. There's not a miracle in Scripture that involves multiplication that did not first require sacrifice, required that something be given. While we are trying to get something from heaven, while we are trying to get something from God, God says, yes, and I need something from you. We are in a society right now where everybody wants fun everybody wants it easy and quick and we want a microwavable miracle. We want God to open the heavens and come down, but God is not going to open the heavens and pour out on our churches or in our nation or in this state or even in our city. There isn't first sacrifice. That's why even Hebrews says that you and I are to give the sacrifice of praise. The reason that Jesus was able to feed 5,000 people was because a little boy gave up his lunch. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? You weren't called to multiply in your life, but he's requiring you to give something. I need you and I this morning to reflect back at all that God has done. Just for a moment, I only shared with you a little of what God has done in this church and the way that God has blessed. When we were in that first building that was a bar and the Lord spoke to me to live stream, I said, what's that? We were live streaming before anybody was live streaming. Our church has helped multiple churches in our own city live stream because we figured it out first. We had a a hunting camera, all taped up in camo tape that somebody had given us. And then when that quit working, we used a little tiny camcorder until we outgrew that and God blessed and we were able to buy an actual TV camera. But while we were doing our little goofy YouTube videos and streaming on Ustream, and I mean, it was terrible, terrible quality. You go out there and Google and you find that old stuff. It is, but we listened to God. God did it. And one day the phone rings. It was Cornerstone Television. course, they said, hey, you know, some of us up here, we've all been watching your YouTube videos. I said, oh, please don't watch. He said, yeah. Tom said, yeah, we've been watching. We be like what we see, the, the, the anointing, the power, and the liberty, and we'd like to air your program. I said, well, we don't even really <laughs> have a program. We're just, you know, YouTubing, you know. He said, well, we want you to put something together. So we scrambled and we pulled in people and said, we figured out how to edit for TV. And we bought software and we bought computers and we did everything we needed to do. And we sent some stuff up and he says, well, what you're doing isn't really quality to go international. But he said, we're going to help you. So we went down and we toured the facility and we met their editing guys and we met their team. And we saw everything that they're using and came back and we put some work to it. While we were working on that, Channel 77 locally picked us up and that was sort of a big deal at the time because that's Fayette TV, y'all. Cornerstone calls back up and they said, hey, we're launching a brand new channel. And we want you to be one of the very first to get on there. And it'll be seen all over the world. People on Roku, people can stream it. Will, Will you guys do that? but we don't want to just air one show. We want to air your fire moment internet thing that you're doing, but we want to air your Sunday morning services. I said, for real, he said, yeah. I said, well, how much is this going to cost? Cause I, we've, I've, we've dabbled in TV and I've gone down there and I know 30 minutes is 500 bucks a pop. I thought, mm. he said, well, if you want to be on the main network, it's X the number of thousands of dollars. He said, but if you want to air on this network, we'll give you the airtime. You just sew an offering. I thought, this must be some kind of like a scam. Like you don't give away TV time. He said, no, no. We want to air a 30-minute program and a 60-minute program. He said, air five, six times a week. Add that up. Do you know we get next to $10,000 in TV airtime for an offering? See that may not excite you, but I, I know what God does. Are you hearing me? That God exposed it to the nations of the world, that now every week we hear from Brazil. And this past week, Pastor Donnie heard, we had people watching in Germany last week when I was preaching. Where were they from? I forget. Uh, huh? Uganda. Come on. Why? Because we were obedient, because it required sacrifice. I need somebody in this place to remember the loaves. What do I mean by that? Remember the things that he had done. Here you and I come walking into church carrying a loaf and you and I should be carrying baskets of all the blessings and abundance that God has done. Some of you need to start jotting down in in your Bible or somewhere in a notebook of the things that God's doing or use these things that I've told you today as a memory. If God can do that for them, when, when your back's against the wall, when the repo man takes your car and then God turns around and pays that car off. You say, God, what was the purpose in repoing it? He said, and I asked God, I said, God, what did you have that? That's embarrassing when the preacher's car gets repoed. But, you know, that's just who I am. I'll tell you, you know, that was several years ago, y'all. So relax. But but I, I had that car repoed. I had to call church members they Said, come pick me up. They said, why? I said, because the repo man came, and took my car. About 5 a.m., woke me up out of a sound sleep. I'm standing outside my house bawling and crying. I'm like, now what? Then God speaks. When, when it was all over, done and over with, I go down to the repo lot. Never had to do that before. If you ever had to do it, you know it's a humbling experience. Go down the repo lot. Had to pay X number of dollars to get my car back. A couple of days later when the phone rings and somebody says, hey, I want to pay off your car. When it was all said and done, and that was settled, and I give God thanks, I said, God, what is the point? Why would you humiliate me, embarrass me, and let the word get out that my car got repoed? Now I look back, and it's because he says, because I needed you to remember the loaves. Jesus said to the disciples, did you forget the leftovers? My point is that so many times we're focusing on all that we have lost. God is not concerned with what you have lost. That's why Jesus poses the question. God knew where the food went. They ate it. God knows that everything that you've lost and where it went, God knows if you went through a divorce and what it did to you. But guess what? You didn't lose nothing. Watch me. I don't care how heartache, what kind of heartache you've been through, what kind of loss you've been through. I don't care if you've had a car repoed or you lost a house. I don't care if you've lost a job and had to move. I don't care if you've had to run for your life. Many of us in this place have lost something, but you need to understand how God looks at it so we can understand the kingdom principles. God, you and I often cry out and pray to God about all the things that we lost, and God does not see what you lost. He only sees what you have left. So if you went through a divorce, it is not about what you lost or who you lost. It is what you, did you possess wisdom after you went through that? Yes, you did. Then you've got something left. You need to realize it is what you have left that God uses. You never need to have enough of anything for God to do something extraordinary with it. That's what he proves through the word of God and the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. That's what he proves when he raises Lazarus from the dead. There was, it was, he was dead, stinking, been there four days. We know the story. God says, you don't need to have enough of anything, but watch what I can do if you'll just believe. If you'll just believe in me, are you hearing me? You have not lost lost anything that God ever intended to use anyway. It, God needs you to pay attention to what it is you have left. What do you have left? What is it that you have in your hand? When, when, then the performed the 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 miracle even in the old testament he says what is it that you have in your house and she says i just got a little oil he says just bring me what you have bring me what you have left she thought she didn't have enough and he took her into multiplication but look what she had to do she had to sacrifice what she had first some of you in this place need to acknowledge that you have just a little and hand that over to God and then watch what he will do and how he will multiply it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stop focusing and praying and crying out to God about all the things that you've lost because God does not see what you lost. He only sees what you have left. God doesn't see the people that you've lost. I've cried and said, God, why'd they all go? God, where's this person? Where's that person? Why have I lost friends? Why didn't this person talk to me? God don't see them. He says, don't you pay attention to who's left. See, what I know about all you that are here right now is God wants to use you for one of those kind of like feeding of the 5,000 miracles. See, it's real easy to focus on who's not present. But you need to focus on who's left. Stop focusing on who's past in your family and who walked away and who left you and who abandoned you. You got left. Because God takes what is left and use as what is left to bring the multiplication in your life. So do not leave the leftovers. Y'all going to have leftovers for Thanksgiving, you're not going to just cook all that and do all that and then not eat them. Lord, bring them to my house. You got all of that work for one day. Listen, God did a lot of work in your life for you to carry a loaf into church. You and I need to start carrying the baskets of all that He has done into this place and into our lives and reflect back on all those things. That was the reason that Jesus rebuked Him because they brought just one loaf when they had 19 baskets that they left on the boat. Oh, hallelujah. Do not leave the leftovers. Do not leave the leftovers. Start taking inventory this week of all the things that God has done in your life. All the things that you've left. When you pray, don't pray about, God, I'm broken because I left. No, pray, God, I'm, I'm thankful that this is what I got left. God, I'm thankful that for the people who have stayed. God, I'm thankful for the people that remain. God, I, I God, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm thankful for what I do have. Are you here, God, there might be $4.93 in my checkbook, but God, I'm thank you for $4.93. Glory to God. Are you hearing? what? Because God is a God that can take what is not enough and make it more than enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he said in his words, blessings, I will bless you. Blessings, I will bless you. God wants to bless you and I. God wants to pour out his abundance upon you and I. That's why he says, give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running up. This isn't a message about money. This is a message about his abundance. That you and I are a blessed people. We are a church that is blessed because, uh, but yet we also took sacrifice. I, 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 I'll say this. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, oh, it's just wonderful how God has blessed you. I said, yeah, you, you, you see that. I see blood, sweat and tears. said you walk in here and you see blessings and chairs we didn't pay for sound systems we never paid a dime for thirteen thousand dollar piano that we got for free are you hearing what i'm saying see i just keep giving the list this is how good god is right more buildings and more parking than we know what to do with and on and on and on I said, you see all of that, but what I see is blood, sweat, and tears, because I know what it is to be in the rafters of this church. I know every inch and crevice of here and at the Dream Center and the church behind us and the houses. I I know every inch because I've worked in them. I've been painting and working and putting stuff in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, some of you know what it is that you've lost because you've done the inventory. You put it in. That's why. When, when people come and they want to try to move from warming a chair to preaching and doing all these great things for the kingdom, they, they don't know the cost. So you never hand over something easy to someone that doesn't understand the sacrifice behind it. People say, how do you determine who gets to preach at Fresh Fire? By those that understand sacrifice. That's it. I don't care how many credentials I have before or after my name. That's not important or how many everybody else has, if they understand sacrifice, then I know I can trust them. But if someone walks up in here and thinks they're going to get something for free, no, I didn't. And God don't give it for free. He says he requires sacrifice. The reason we are blessed is because God has seen the blood, sweat and tears. He knew that we worked our guts out in a place that stunk. I'm literally, people thought we were a drug dealing church in Route 40. At selling drugs because I took a bar in her church, and but what I just thought it was an outward sign of something God's going to do inward in people's lives. I was trying to think all spiritual, but you know the world thought we were drug dealers. Truly, that was the rumor in Brownsville. I was a drug dealing preacher. Uh, Well, (laughs) Amen. Somebody else thought we kept snakes in the back hallway. Snakes, can you imagine? Snakes. We we were handed on them and believe in God for faith. I mean, you know, because it don't matter what you do, some people just won't believe. But God saw us and scrubbing walls with, literally, the cigarette smoke was so stained in and stunk so bad and Literally, our first couple of service, there were still beer signs on and the and the pool table lights still hung down. And, you know, and for for about two years, the actual bar remained and we used it as part of a fellowship hall because we were so broke. I didn't know God, how we ever going to afford. And then one by one, God just started blessing. And somebody came forward and says, uh, how much a sound system? I said, I don't know, about five grand for what I for what, what I, we need for where God's taking us. I need five grand here. Oh, we didn't have carpet. We still had hardwood concrete floors. And the women would complain about how cold it was. And when they felt under the power of God, how cold it was. And I said, well, if you're really under the power of God, you don't care how cold that floor is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then finally, one guy who didn't attend our church, he goes over to Faith Assembly. He got so tired of hearing somebody complain about his sister and all complain about it. He said, what's in the world is carpet going to cost? And she called me and I said, I don't know. I said, I think they said $2,800. I said, we're almost there. He said, no, here, I'll give it. So he paid for the carpet. He goes to another church. Why do I keep telling you all this? I'm building your faith to tell you these are not just loaves. These are baskets. I'm building your faith because what God is about to unleash in this city. The reason I am bringing this word now is because God told me very clearly, it was after you gave me that word. And I was in a low, low place. Because I'm the preacher, I couldn't let on. I was I put a good face on. I swallowed back my tears. I sat down in her office, up in the new office buildings. She starts speaking, and I'm just receiving, and then I preach the message I preached after that. And then I'm praying and knowing where we are as a nation right now and seeing the division and the divisiveness and the cost of living and people losing their minds. and. Seeing photos that people are sending me of our food line past Thurby Ford. 1.7 miles away. Waiting in line for this church to give them food. And I'm praying and I'm about just different needs that are going on. And God said, this is what he said. Get ready for multiplication. I said, don't do this. Literally, I said, Ramona to God, I said, God, don't you dare dangle something in front of my face again. Don't dangle something in front of my face that you don't intend to give. And that's when he said, do you not remember what is left? Do you not remember what I said in the word of the disciples when they forgot the bread? Have you forgotten all I've done for you already? He said you were entering a season of multiplication, and that's what I came to tell you today. And I know we're in what's considered harvest season. We're about to enter the winter season officially a few weeks. But I want you to hear the word of the Lord that you and I, the body of Christ, while, while the world is spiraling and prices are going higher, listen to what I'm telling you. We are entering a season of harvest. You are entering a season of multiplication where God will take what you have left and he is going to multiply it. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the reason that our church is still serving thousands of people is because we're in multiplication. The, the reason that God is about to do more, that God did not give us two houses, three parking lots, another church building and this building and a school building with 10 acres for you and I to sit on it and have to pay taxes on it while it ain't in use. He gave you and I all these buildings and properties to do work for the kingdom of God. And all I've been saying is God send workers. God send me people who says I have a heart for a ministry and I can just say here, do this. That's your ministry. Have fun. God bless you. We'll, we'll, we'll help you. We'll finance it. We'll do whatever. We'll give you whatever it is you need. Are you here? God send laborers. And so God said, just get ready for multiplication. In your life, you need to get ready for multiplication. With whatever area of you are lacking right now, God says, Whatever it is you will sacrifice, I will multiply it. If your marriage is is, is is faltering right now, if you will give whatever is left of that thing bloodied and battered and bruised i'm telling you he will take it and he will multiply it and make it beautiful if you will give god your brokenness of whatever is wrong with you he will take you multiply you and make you something beautiful are you hearing the word of the lord don't you dare forget the leftovers don't you dare forget what is left i know you might have a list of pro i got a list of problems a mile long I got some areas of things i've been praying about and i need to see god move and yet god said adam do not forget the loaves do not forget the bread Do do not forget what I've done already. This church and all the years that we've been together, we've seen hundreds. We reach more people around the globe than we have ever seen come through the doors. And I think that's awesome. We have people in, in Florida that sow seed because they're blessed by this place. We have people that watch all around the globe. Why? God has already multiplied. It's not about that I could give a rip how many eyes are on this place. What I do care about is how many people are affected by the kingdom of God from this place and how many people we can minister the gospel to How many lives can be changed? I said when we moved into this city, and it'll be three years this coming June, I said, God, we're only going to move if we can take it by force. I need some people that will say, God, I believe. I believe that you are going to use us to do even more than what we've done. We're going to do more than clothing and feeding them and providing uh, 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 providing this. I believe we're going to do more than giving them food and clothing and houseware items. I believe we're going to do more. Remember I said we're going to start buying houses, remodeling them and giving them away. Come on, somebody. Did you forget the loaves already? Because I believe that's the job of the church. I don't want nobody having to sign up for food stamps and WIC and she's a working mother. No, that is the job of the, no, if you know your Bible, you'd know that that's the job of the church right there because the church didn't do their job. They started having to rely on government, but if the church would do its job, glory to God, they wouldn't have to turn to government and be relied upon and then be controlled. I could start preaching there, but I won't. And so, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say I want to buy houses, I want to remodel them, make them nice, insulate them, give them new windows, a brand new kitchen, a heck of a bathroom. I want those single mamas when they sit down in there and relax to be in a tub that they think, man, I have arrived. Yes, you have. And you deserve it because you working, you're going to school. Are you hearing our dream center is I'm working to partner to give people education for free. Why, to get them out of poverty, to get them out of drugs and all of the? Are you hearing what I'm saying? That we're doing all this to say, hey, because you have sacrificed, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is manifesting the kingdom. That's all. We're going to show people the kingdom of God at work in the natural. They're not going to understand it, but we're going to we're going to help them understand it. So by them sacrificing as a single mom said, he was messed up or a single dad left some kind of nonsense he knew he couldn't be a part of. And he is a single dad raising up some young girl. Those are the people we're going to help. They want to get out from where they are or they left a life of addiction and drug addiction and alcoholism and they're working hard, but it ain't working. We're going to buy houses. We're going to fix them up. We're going to make them cute. We're going to make them nice. And then we're going to turn around and say, now, because of your sacrifice, because all your effort, we want you to understand how the kingdom of God really works. I know, Ray, you think I've lost my mind right now, haven't you, April? She's looking at me like he has lost it. He has lost it. You just wait and see. I said we are going to start buying up every house near us on the East End because I am determined to make this neighborhood look like something like it used to. I'm determined that, that every dilapidated, nasty, tore down, roach infested drug house, whatever it is you made, it crime house, whatever it is, we're going to flip those bad boys and people are going to want to live on this end of town because of all the goodness of God that's taking place. They ain't going to be shooting up no houses over here. They're not going to be doing drug deals in our parking lot and leaving needles. Or is somebody here, that's the kingdom of God at work. It is, it is showing people who they are on the inside and saying that God sees what is in them and him taking it and making something beautiful. That is what that is. That is what we're going to do. That is what we're about to move into next. You just better get ready. Office staff, you think I've kept you busy. We have five of us in the office that work now. We're going to need 10 or 12. I said we got five. Now we need ten or twelve for what God's about to do. Whoo! Hallelujah! How do I know? How do I know? How do I knew? I sent an email about three months ago. I said I need to know. I said I need to know if you're going to partner with us with our vision because they have money and they had money set aside. I said I, I need to know and. He emailed back and he said, I need you to know for just what you want to do. We got the money. Are you you hearing what I'm saying? Everything I'm telling you right now, God says I've already got the money for. Everything I'm telling you right now. And he just sent somebody to say yes. Oh, see, you thought I lost my mind. No, I'm just here to remind you to remember the loaves remember the loaves when i when i wondered how in the world we're going to pay five and six electric bills and five and six and seven gas bills god said remember the loaves As you go through your week and whatever it is you're facing and struggling with rick as you go and you have to bury your daddy remember the loaves as geneva goes and has to bury her sister don't 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 i know you're grieving but don't for, don't forget the loaves as you and I are facing all kind of as when we see our nation divided and our city divided and then ask that don't you forget the loaves I, I'm committed that we're going to be a part of the unifying of this city in the name of Jesus I'm committed to it I'm committed to it hallelujah hallelujah why because we're going to remember the loaves we're going to remember all that God has done all that God has done And as you remember all that He has done in your life, it's going to set you up. Instead of you walking in here with a loaf to give God praise, you're going to be walking in here carrying your baskets. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Some of you need to start reflecting on all that He's done and start telling somebody about it. Go, go tell everybody about how God's blessing this church. I know everybody thinks we're rich. No, we're not. Because we, as it comes in, it goes right back out. There, there ain't tens of thousands or even billions in the bank, y'all. I quit wearing flashy watches and rings because they yell at me on TV and think I. There ain't no money. It ain't like that. <laughs> Just hassle I was. will tell you. But what it is, I told some of those people the other day that that food distribution cost seventy-seven thousand dollars. Just one. Happens twice a month. And it's paid for. Paid. All that milk, all that produce, all that money 77 grand, and we'll do it again in two weeks. And it's paid for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it's the kingdom of God operating in the earth to show a people something bigger and more than who we are. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you forget the loaves, don't forget the leftovers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the leftovers. Thank you, Lord, for the leftovers. Not, 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 Lord, I'm not praying for what I lost anymore, but I thank you for the things that I have left, for the people I have left, for the resources I have left. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Glory to God, you can stand to your feet if you're able to right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I'm going to close with just a simple prayer and bless you that you would fully receive this word. I'm telling you, somebody in this place, you need to start journaling what God has done. Start journaling like we do. Journal all the things. If, if, instead of reaching back, finding things starting now. Watch what God will do. Watch how he will open doors that no man. Watch the multiplication begin now. Don't you forget what I said. I don't say things like that lightly. I never do, because that camera will come back and haunt me. I'm telling you, God, is. It, you have just entered a season of multiplication. Areas where you have been in lack or you thought there was not enough. It is happening now. It is happening now. Hallelujah. More peace, more joy, more finances more favor, multiplication on your life in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to pray this prayer of blessing over you. I, I pray you'll receive it. And that instead of you and I coming in next Sunday with with a loaf, you're going to come in walking with baskets of all the things that God has done, all the things that he has done just this week. Hallelujah. All the things that, that you're remembering and reflecting and and, 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 and and reflecting back that he has done over the course of time in the name of Jesus. And as we close, I'll even pray over your offering, your tithe. As people online get ready to give, we'll give on our way out of this place today and that God's going to multiply it, press down, shaking together, running over back to you in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray in right now in the name of Jesus. I pray over your people. God, I even pray over this word right now. I pray that, God, we would not forget the leftovers, that, God, we would not leave the leftovers behind, all the things that, Lord, that we've lost, and that, God, we've forgotten the areas where we've had some things left, that, God, if I have something left, I really didn't lose anything at all because I've got something remaining. So, Father, I pray right now that, Lord, you would just open the minds and the hearts and the spirits, God, of every person under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that you would bring back to remembrance, God, all the, the all the things that you have brought us through, all the things that you have done, God, all the areas that you have multiplied our life, that, God, that we could reach back, and God, into our lives and, and pull together the baskets of the blessings, the baskets of the blessings, and that God will not doubt you when we, uh, up against whatever we're facing, but that, God, we will not forget the Lord we will not forget the bread we will not forget the ways in which you multiplied and blessed our life so father I pray in the name of Jesus God as we enter this season of multiplication God you're not adding you're not just subtracting but God you're multiplying because God you told me you wanted to get us there faster you better hear what I'm telling you church God said he wants to get you there faster so you can add nine plus 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 nine and it'll get you to 81 but if you'll just go nine times nine guess what nine times nine is it god says i want to get you there faster So he said, that's why you're entering a season of multiplication. He said, I'm I'm picking up the pace right now. These are the last days. I've got to pick up the pace. I'm going to move faster. So things that you've seen uh, delayed, you're going to see happen quicker. Are you hearing what I'm telling you right now? You're going to see it all around. Things that you've been praying about and it seems like it's been delayed, those doors are opening right now. Things that you've been waiting on, 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 miraculous things to happen. I'm telling you, it's happening now in the name of Jesus because you are now entering a season of multiplication. Get ready. He's moving faster. God just picked up the pace. You better get ready to keep up. You better get ready to keep up. That's why I'm telling you, he that has an ear, let him hear. You need to work to keep up because God has just picked up the pace. He has just picked up the pace. And, and by that, he's going to give you the strength. I know some of you are saying, how am I ever going to do more? Because he's given you the strength. He's given you the fortitude right now. Some of you have felt weary and well done, but God just picked up the pace. It's like he has just hit, hooked you up to a heavenly IV. And strength upon strength is being poured into you. And joy upon joy is being poured into you. Wisdom upon wisdom is being poured into you. Everything that you have need of right now, he is that God of multiplication. Oh God. I thank you for it. Now, Father, we receive your word. I receive your word. These are not just, just empty words, but these are words with power. These are words with might. I sent your anointing on these words. So God, I thank you for what you will do. I thank you for the loaves and the baskets that Lord we're collecting of all the things that you've done. I thank you that the, for the favor that these people are going to walk in this week. I thank you for doors and jobs that you've given. Why? Because of sacrifice. I thank you that Lord, you are going to continue to open doors that no man can shut. And Lord, you will shut doors that no man can open in the days ahead. I thank you for unmerited favor, unmerited, uh, favor that we won't even be able to explain because the favor that God you give just won't be fair. I know it's going to irritate and make some people mad. I know it'll make even friends of ours mad, but Lord, your favor isn't fair. And so Father, we just welcome God what you will do. We welcome your blessings. We welcome your abundance. God, we welcome your prosperity. God, we welcome all the ways in which God and the things that you're going to do in the name of Jesus. So Father, I speak over your people this season of multiplication that Lord, you spoke to me and i say god do what only you can do press down shaking together lord running over let every area lord where they have just a little let it overflow now let every area god where they thought they had maybe just not enough god turn it into more than enough in the name of jesus because of your word because god we're going to remember we're going to remember the loaves we're going to remember the leftovers we're not going to forget god what 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 you did and all that you did but lord we're going to remember it We, we thank you for your word today now, Father, when we leave this place today and we sow into the kingdom and we sow into this word, God, bless and multiply and bring increase. God, to every partner online, to every partner around the nation, God, to every person that's partnered with us, God, bless, multiply it back in the name of show them that you're a God of multiplication. Get them there faster. Get them there faster. Get them there faster. In the name of Jesus, Get him there faster. I, I keep hearing that. He's getting you there faster. Some of you have labored and toiled and he has, you You know, he knows the labor pains that you have been through. He knows the struggle that you have been through. He knows the turmoil and the sleepless night. He knows all that, but he's getting you there faster now. Now is the time. Now is the delivery day. Now is the delivery. You'll remember this day, November 20th, 2022 is your delivery date. He's getting you there faster. Oh, hallelujah. Though the vision tarry, we have waited for it. We have wa- we have waited for the vision of this house. It has come in pockets. It has come in segments. But now is the time he, sa- he kept saying, though the vision tarry, wait for it. And every time we waited, he blessed it. Every time we waited, he kept blessing with more. And every time people would say, why you need all that? Because God's going to use it. Because God's going to use it. Every time he gave some other piece of equipment or some machine or some vehicle or some tractor, because God's going to use it. And because God, I'm telling you. People are going to be confused by how God's blessing you, by what God is going to do for you and the doors he's going to open. I'm telling you, it's going to shock people. It's going to cause those that love you and that are close to you to be astounded. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. God is taking you from where you are and raising you up. Listen to this word. Listen to this word. I rarely prophesy like this. I rarely do that, but listen to this word. Jesus said to the disciples. He said, be careful, be careful, be careful. The, the exact word that he said in the text, he, say, he, said, he, he said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Be, and the reason he said this, because you need to be careful. Be careful who you're hanging around, because who you're hanging around depends on how far you rise. That, that's why we, we, we take unleavened bread. I don't have time to get into that. It's too much for this morning. It's too much for you on a Sunday morning. Listen to me. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's why I'm telling you right now, you can love your family. You can love your friends, but you'd better be paying real close attention to who's close to you because who's close to you is depending on how high you're rising. That is a word right now for somebody in this place under the sound of my voice who is around you is hindering you from rising. To where you need to be and this is the time God's saying I, I'm, I'm moving quicker I'm doing it quicker he just picked up the speed but guess what he, he can't carry your dead weight he, he in bringing you and every sister and Susie Q that wants to tag along and try to catch on the coattails of what God's doing in you no cut them loose Cut them loose. They got to get it for themselves. You sacrificed. You've been the one doing that. You know what it is to cry and sweat. I I know what it is to sweat and cry and put blood, sweat, and tears into this house. And so that's why I can't just hand it over to just anybody. I got to be able to hand it over when God calls my time to retire by the beach. God says, I need you to give it over to somebody who understands sacrifice. That's why not just anybody can go where you're going because God's taking you somewhere higher. And they can't go because they don't understand sacrifice beware of the leaven of the pharisees that weighs you down that word right there in itself was enough to come for some of you need to love some of your family but you need to love them and say i love you from over there and you don't need to tell them but you just need to understand their leaven There's some people on your social media and in your circle. There might even be a neighbor. They're holding you down when God's trying to raise you up. And they're the reason that you keep doubting and struggling and spinning your wheels. But if you'll cut them loose, God says, I can can cause you to rise. Cause you to rise where I need you to be. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, bless your word. Bless what you've said today. Father, I decrease that you might increase in their lives. Let your anointing rest on your word. Let your anointing go with them. And as your word declares, your anointing destroys every yoke. So, Father, everything that we try to strangulate, the word that has gone forth, I thank you that your anointing already goes forth and destroys the yoke. In the name of Jesus, bless these people. Bless us throughout the week. And, God, we do give you thanksgiving. Thanks and praise for all that you've done, for what you will do, and what you're going to do with this word, and how you're going to bless and multiply in the mighty, powerful, great, and wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Church, we all say, yes. amen, amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Had a beautiful weekend, Jesus. We can't wait to see you next week right here. Hallelujah.